So who's been here the last couple of weeks? We've had a bit of a rough one taking your stand, you know, and uh, talking about difficult things and dealing with the real issues, you know, all these kind of things. But I loved the theme this morning, and that is knowing God, amen? Knowing God. You know, you talk about intimacy, and, and you were touching on so many things. And it's, it's so interesting. I know, I could feel it when, when Pastor Didi said, uh, what? <laughs> are you just coming to God to get his stuff? I could just feel it. Everyone's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it's so amazing because God doesn't frown or he doesn't feel sad or upset or anything that we just come for his stuff. He's gracious. He loves us. You know what I'm saying? But it's the, the mature sons and daughters are the ones who come for the heart. Are you with me? You know, whenever you try and just argue a, a rule or a law, or a precept or something with someone, and you don't actually filter it through God's nature. You don't filter it through the compassion that he has in his heart. You don't filter it through his wisdom. Thank you. You don't filter it through uh, his love, you know? It just becomes a rule that seems limiting. It becomes a rule that's burdensome. It becomes a rule that's causing you to miss out on life. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of people, when they look in the, uh, you know, in the beginning... When, uh, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they had two trees, right, um, that were highlighted. Obviously, there were many trees in the garden. It wasn't just grass, obviously. <laughs> but uh, the many trees that were there, it was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you know. And there's so many people today that, re that, that come up with these arguments that, you know, God said, don't eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil because uh, um, they didn't, uh, God didn't want them to know what life is or to, you know, to be free or to be knowledgeable. You know what I'm saying? But the truth is, God was explaining to them that he is all they need. Are you with me? You know, those two trees symbolize two separate things. It's either your reliance on God or your reliance on yourself. Amen? And oftentimes what we do is we look at the word of God and we think about all these things and yes, there's a need to be met and whatever it may be, but the truth is, is that have we shifted our reliance to him? Are we seeing his wisdom through his heart? Or are we seeing our situation and looking at his wisdom and thinking, oh man, this is hectic. <laughs> even, even more than reliance, you know? Even that deep connection that you're talking about. Yeah. And the thing is, I think we should stay there this morning. Amen? Let's just stay on that topic this morning. Because you know what Basha is saying now? He felt that when, when I said that, when I asked that question from the Lord, you know, who's coming to me for me and who's coming to me for what I can give them? Now, you have a choice. You can take that feeling that you feel, and you can be all guilty, and you can feel all disqualified or whatever. But that's not the purpose of that question. Are you with me? Yeah. It's good to be heartbroken in that sense. It must feel like that. I'll give you an example. My, my father, my dad was my hero. Let me tell you something. He was a hero in so many different ways. And... Um, Man, I just love this man so much. And then when I got to about my early, eight, early, uh, sorry, early 20s, I started working and, you know, getting serious about life and needed to purchase cars and needed to do certain things. And I'd always go to my dad before I would do anything. And one day I came to his house and uh, <laughs> I came to ask him for advice again. And... Um, I was so busy with Trish at that time. We were jolling, we were doing our own thing, but I needed to make a decision about something. So I thought I'd just go past and say how's it to the old man. And uh, 
get some advice. And what happened was my heart got so broken that day because I walked in, I said, how's it? I had a cup of coffee, whatever, whatever, you know, his home is your home, all that kind of stuff. And um, asked him what I needed to ask him, got the advice as per usual. He had so much wisdom, so much street knowledge, so much worldly wisdom, it was crazy. And as I walked out, my mother said something to me. She said, do you know what your father told me last night? And I was like, what, Ma? And she said that whenever you come, you come to handle him. I was like, what do you mean? She said, you come to handle him. You come to get something from him. You don't come for him. And let me tell you something. My heart broke into pieces because I loved him so much. Are you with me? I wanted to please that man more than anybody else on this planet. I wanted to have that connection with him more than anyone else on this planet. But I had a choice. You see, that truth surfaced to challenge me as a person. I could have chosen, oh, yeah, well, you know what? He's being so blankety-blank, or he's being so selfish, or he's whatever. No, but I had to stop, introspect, and go, you know what? I'm actually a selfish little brat. And that takes you to another level. You need to get your heart broken sometimes in a good way. I'm not talking about a negative way. I'm talking about a good way. Yeah. Amen? Because... If I didn't hear their truth, how could, I, how could I rise up to be a better son? Amen? How could I rise to the occasion and give the one that I, that I love so much more respect, more honor, more of my heart, more of my time, more of my appreciation? If I didn't acknowledge that, it wouldn't have gone to the next level. Are you with me? So... You can take a question like that, you can take something like that, and you can make it about yourself, or you can make it about God. Amen? Amen. You must understand, there's no reason for you to feel guilty about that. There's no reason for you to feel down and want to cry like Bash said, you saw people's faces were like, hey, sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> no, there's no reason for that. You know why? Because... That's your natural predisposition as a fallen human being. You're selfish. Yeah. I'm selfish. Yeah. He knows it. Do you think you're surprising him? Do you think this is a great surprise that you're selfish to him? No. <laughs> he knows what he's dealing with. Yeah. He knows. That's why he sent his son, because he knew that it was that bad he had to give his son for it. And he loved you anyway. Amen? That's how bad it actually was and is. That's how fallen we actually are. He had to give his son for it. But we've got to talk about this thing because you must understand something. Like I was saying earlier, get over those things. Get over those feelings. Get over those disqualifications. Somebody's already settled everything between you and God. The invitation is open-ended now. You can go as deep. You can go as wide. You can go as high. And you can search out the heart of God and the love of God. You can get to experience its breadth, its depth, its width. You can actually have that. But the question is, are you going to allow your selfishness to keep you there? 
Amen? You must remember something that, like I was saying earlier, you never change unless transformation takes place in the heart. Knowledge will never transform you. Knowledge will never transform you. I was telling Ashley yesterday, a person that has knowledge, okay, he's just a knowledgeable fallen flesh. He's not much better than flesh that's ignorant. Knowledgeable fallen flesh is no more powerful than ignorant flesh. Amen? It's not. The only thing that gives you power is the love of God, the charge of God, the heart of God, that connection with his heart. 100%. Yeah. It says that faith works through love. love. Mm. Faith works through love. Yeah. 100%. Amen? Amen? So we've got to understand this. We've got to understand, you can't put your head down, you can't be selfish. You've got to suck it up, and you've got to say, well, you know what? I am selfish. I, I, I am seeking just the things. I have forgotten about connecting with you, Lord. I have. Be real. Imagine a wife comes to a husband or a husband comes to a wife and says, you know what, there's no more connection, there's no more this, there's no more, and then you just fall into yourself and go, oh, woe me, woe me, woe me. Guess what? It's going to be by wife, by husband, because eventually they're going to be like, well, everything's about you. You don't want to step up. I've told you how I feel, but you don't want to step up to it. You don't want to take responsibility for my feelings. You don't want to take responsibility for your side. So guess what? There's no connection here. There's no, there's no nothing here. Are you with me? We're supposed to take that, suck it up, step up, and become a better person. Amen? That's what makes relationships transform because people are transforming. And, and Scripture tells us, you know, in that transformation process, it tells us that we are to behold Christ as in a mirror. And then we shall be transformed from glory to glory. You know, and when we get caught up in like what you're saying, you know, uh, um, I'm busy with this, I'm, I'm learning that, I'm studying this, I'm trying, I'm all these kind of things. And then we come to him later and be like, hey God, I need some help. Uh, God, I'm really anxious right now. Or God, I need, a, I, I need to make this payment now. Or, you know, whatever it may be. What happens is, is that because we have not prioritized intimacy. We feel like not lacquer. You know what I'm saying? You ever know that person? Anyone ever had that person where you, you haven't spoken to them in a long time, but then now you need something from them? You have to phone them? And then you have that two-hour-long conversation where one hour, 45 minutes is finding out how everything is, how the kids are, you know, how things have been. And then you go, oh, by the way, you know, I was just wondering, you remember that welding machine you had? Would it be okay if I, use, if I borrowed it? And then the person's like, ah. I see, you know, what it, but the truth is God's not coming to us with that kind of thing, you know, but we feel like that because we know how we're carrying on. Are you guys with me? And it's, it's so interesting that uh, um, when you look at spending time with God, you know, there, there's, there's this weird, there's this weird statement I've heard a lot over the years, you know, and every time I'm like, I ask people, I'm like, well, so have you taken it to God? And they say, no, I've been meaning to. So I'm like, Okay, I try and process what that means because, like, if I come to you, Deez, I'm like, listen, I need to chat to you about something, and you tell me, okay, look, I'm not available this week. Let me let you know next week, okay? Then someone comes to me and says, hey, have you chatted to Deeds yet? And I'm going to be like, no, no, I'm just waiting for his availability. I've been meaning to. I'm waiting for him to be available. That makes sense, right? But we come to your walk as a believer, 
And God's always available. He doesn't have a diary that's uh, so full you need to find a gap in three weeks' time because, you know, he's so busy, you know, commanding the universe as we know it. Are you guys with me? So, you, you know, when it comes to spending time with God, you, you know, even the simple thing of, I don't feel like it. Yeah. You know, spending time with God is not a work. He's a person, you know. He, he's a person. And, and spending time with him is about that intimacy. It's about connecting with him, you know. And, uh, you know, there, there's also this, this kind of, concept we understand as humans in relationships. You know, sometimes you just need a little me time, right? Listen, as a believer, your me time is with Jesus. You do need me time from people. I get that. I'm not saying that's, that's not a thing. But your me time is with Jesus because the relationship with God is not one that takes from you. Are you guys with me? I promise you, Jesus himself said, he said that the, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Amen. So the truth is what? That we have been designed to connect with God. You know, his initial design was that we are in constant connection with him. And now through Jesus in our spirit, we are, right? But it's the matter of, you know, our consciousness, and we, we went through that whole thing. So when it comes to, to spending time with God, guys, if, if you need patience in your life, it's not learning how to be patient as much as it is connecting with the one who empowers you to be patient. Are you with me? It's, uh, Lord, I need peace. It's not so much, okay, what are the steps for me to experience peace? As it is with the one who is peace himself. Amen? I need provision. It's not so much learning the steps. Okay, how do I get provision? It's connecting with the provider. I need healing. Okay, he, these are the 39 steps of being healed. That's not what it's about. It's about connecting with the one who is the healer. Amen? And there, you know, the, the statement is knowledge is power. Right? And we know in Scripture that, uh, um, in the Old Testament, we even read that my people perish for lack of knowledge. Right? Now, knowledge is powerful. What, is knowledge going, what power is knowledge going to give you? It's going to give you the power of not being deceived, not being manipulated, right? having understanding. You know, all these kind of things that we need to have in life. But our power comes from Him. Are you guys with me? Our power comes from Him. It's not knowing things. Amen? It's not understanding, okay, this has been my experience. I've seen this a thousand times. Even if you've seen it a thousand times, in that thousandth and oneth time, I said that wrong, but whatever. In that thousand and first time, that was the one. Yeah. When you see that thing, you just say, okay, Lord, I've seen this, but you must still rely on Him to see clearly. Amen? When Jesus made the statement, he said, listen, if you say you've seen, you're blind. Now, that's very confusing to a carnal person. But he's speaking about the fact that even though you've seen it as much as you could have seen it, I still see better than you. Amen? And it's this constant wrestle of, I just got to preserve me. I've just got, I just want some peace. I need some chill time. I, you know, Lord, if I could just sort this thing out, you know, all these things, right? But he's saying, listen, if you just let me give to you, if you sit with me and we connect heart to heart, the number one knowledge that you're going to get that gives you power is the knowledge of him. Amen? Now, there's, there's academic knowledge of God. Amen? And this is truth, right? This is inspired by the Holy Spirit written over millennia, okay? This is truth. But there is a heart knowing of God. 
An experiential knowing of God. Amen. I just wanted to say something, guys. You know that, the, especially if you're an academic in the room, if you're an academic here, be very careful, okay? Because your study and study and study of the Word will get you to a place where you will start to operate in a way where you trust what you know and you start to detach yourself from the presence of God. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Does it make sense? So you start trusting that you know the Word and you start to lean more onto the mental image that you have instead of the living image. You've got to be careful. Your heart is the most deceitful thing above all. And the more confidence we get in something that's outside of God, the more we detach ourselves from reliance on God. Okay? So we have to find our confidence in Him. Like he was saying, you don't go have me time on yourself. You must go find what, you must go find your confidence in him. That's it. Amen? That's it. You need him. He is the source. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. So we've got to be, you've got to be very careful with the whole, I know the word, I know the word, I know the word. Okay, that's fine. Man, I've sat in boardroom meetings with uh, um, CEOs of Coca-Cola, sorry, marketing manager of, of Coca-Cola once, executives, people who had the, the biggest shareholders in South Africa for, for um, different brands of foods and stuff, okay? I've sat in the thing where these guys punch the numbers, they do this, they do that. They, man, it's crazy. And while I'm sitting there, everything, I mean, they just keep going. It looks good. The guy presenting it looks amazing. The tar, the suit, the hair's gelled back. He's got the most expensive Calvin Klein perfume on. Everything looks good. His teeth are bright and white. The numbers look good. The projections look good. Everything looks good. Everybody's, everybody around the table is saying, yes, this is the way, this is that. And in my heart, the Holy Spirit's going, no. Are you with me? I've literally seen that, and in a couple of months' time, saw that whole thing crumble. People put their money into it, and they lost their money. So we never lean on to knowledge. We never lean on our gift. Amen. Never lean on your talent. I don't care how long you've been doing it for. I don't care how many sale, uh, uh, sales you've done. I don't, it's got, you need to be in Him. Clive just shared something so powerful with me now. He said that for the first six months, you know, he's been pushing and pushing like he always does through for business. And he says, all of a sudden, God told him one thing to change. And an influx of business has come. That's it. It's not what you know. How long have you been doing what you do, Clive? 20 years. Exactly. It's not what you know. It's who you know. 100%. Amen? Amen. You've you got to understand this. See, but you must remember, when we get confidence in something, any pattern in our life, the heart automatically detaches. It feels like it doesn't have to go back and get uh, the, the direction or the, or the strength or the strategy. It just keeps going, oh, this is what I know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I know that sounds a bit weird because we're saying now, you know, don't get confidence in what you know, but we've been talking about knowing your stuff. But what's the point we're making is that as a believer, 
the knowledge you should have, right, is not limited to your intellectual knowledge. You know, I've had countless situations where someone will come and they'll have a question or they'll want to debate something, you know? And I mean, you, you guys would know that, you know, after you, you study something long enough and, you know, you research enough, you've heard every angle. You know what I'm saying? You've heard every angle. And as they're talking to you, you're busy getting ready. You're like, okay, yeah, I'll get through it. It's fine. I've got the, the 10 steps here, you know? And, and in the beginning, what would happen is, is I would just go with the template responses. Ah, but you know, Scripture says... Yeah, and this, 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 whatever. But the truth is, I was missing out on what that person's heart was opening to. Are you guys with me? Like, for example, let's uh, take Clive's example now. He's been in there 20 plus years. He's like, okay, I know how to do this. I'm just going to keep doing it. And the Holy Spirit says, boom, and something changes. Are you guys with me? So when we get all this knowledge and we get all this understanding, this is the kind of image you guys must have is that, you have a toolbox for life, right? Imagine you have a toolbox. Whether it's one of those massive metal things with drawers or whatever, or a little wooden one, whatever it's going to look like, right? Everything that you learn, everything you study, every talent you develop, you know, every character trait you develop and everything, it must be tools that go into that thing for life. Are you with me, right? But the tools itself don't build your life. Amen? The tools itself don't fix things and all that stuff. It's who wields them. Amen? So everything that you're going to learn, yes, we must pursue understanding. We must research. We must be able to see clearly. We must pursue wisdom. We must work hard. We must, you know what, whatever talents and gifts God has given us, we must make it to the best that we can to serve people for his glory. We have to do all of that. But those are all things that fit into that toolbox. And you know what happens along the way? When we get to anything that is broken or needs fixing or needs restoration, you know, needs wisdom, the Holy Spirit says, hey, remember that thing I taught you? Hey, remember that thing you learned? Use this here. Use this now. Are you guys with me? Even when you're sitting around the braai, like we've done the examples over the weeks, I think we got to a point where we said that you should be the people bringing up those conversations. Anyone had any fights the last couple of weeks? Whoa, yes, that went up quick, Ash. Yes, see, okay. <laughs> I think you missed the message, Ash. We didn't say go fight. No, no I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, at least you'll have peace. You won't be invited back to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> you won't have a piece of meat, but it's fine. <laughs> but but even when you're going back to those things, you know, you can't even have confidence in the extent of which you know something. You know, where you look at Moses, right? The bush is burning there. And this is what I mean by that statement. The bush is burning so Moses goes through this thing with God, and he's like, whoa, there's a burning bush here. This is cool. I'm hearing a voice. This is great. So Moses, here's this thing about his mission to Egypt, you know? And, uh, and he, he asks God a question, and he says, okay, who must I say sent me? Now, what was the extreme theological, you know, thesis that God gave Moses in that moment? It literally was one line. I am that I am. That is it, right? Now, when Moses went, he, it's not that he didn't know who God was, and it's not that he, he couldn't explain what had happened or come to Pharaoh and say, listen, this living God came to me in a burning bush. Dude, you need to let these people go. I'm telling you, there's going to be trouble if you don't. It's not that he didn't have all of that, right? But his confidence was focused towards who sent him, not what the mission was. Are you guys with me? 
And you know, as a believer, you need to train yourself in that every single day. You need to discipline yourself. This is, I mean, and we'll tell you story upon story, year after year, about how this is not something that passively happens. Are you with me? We need to prioritize God's place in our lives. Amen? Before we go into handle any situation, before we make any decision, it's, it, we need to have the responsibility to say, okay, I'm not rushing into this. I'm not going crazy here. I'm not going to speak from my emotions. I'm going to yield myself and acknowledge that, Lord, I don't have wisdom, but you are my wisdom. Amen? If you're stuck in a situation that's very stressful physically or emotionally or mentally, you need to take a step back and not want to run away from this thing, but say, Lord, I do not have what it takes to go through here. I submit to you right now. You're my strength. You're my wisdom. You're my peace. Are you with me? Sometimes we can go and study till 4 o'clock every morning. We can do that. We all have, I'm sure, on certain things that we love, right? But that is not what brings us life. That brings us understanding. But Jesus is the only source of life. Are you guys with me? So you don't need to have a perfect argument to speak or perfect understanding or perfect knowledge, right? But when, when God's nature is present in your heart, when it's alive in your heart and, and it's the foundation in your heart, even if you don't understand what you need to talk about or what you need to express, you're going to explain it in God's nature. Are you guys with me? But... If we keep his nature estranged, right, if we keep distant from his nature, trust me, we're going to feel very frustrated and limited very, very quickly. Amen. Amen. Is God good or is he great? Amen. He's great. You know, so I'm going to end with this, but people don't understand, a lot of Christians don't understand this, to get in and out, play church, do this, do that. And they never seek the presence of God. You know what I'm saying? You've got to understand that His presence is more than enough for you. His presence is more than enough. Amen? So, <clears throat> He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all, uh, and His righteousness. Okay? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all the stuff that you're going to be seeking for, I mean, that, you, that you're expecting in, from life, is going to be added to you anyway. Okay, so we've got to believe this thing. We've got to believe those words. He says, seek him first. Seek his way first. Seek his kingdom and how his kingdom runs first. Are you with me? His right way. What's his right way? It's not just his word. It's his heart. It's not what he says you must do. It's why he says you must do it. Hello? It's not I'm seeking just to do the right thing so that I can be. No, I'm seeking the sense of your heart. What's the purpose behind everything that you say? What's the value behind it? Are you with me? What's the life behind it? Seeking that, and guess what? Everything will be added unto you freely. And it reminds me of Joshua. Who took, who took the Israelites into the promised land? Okay. But a lot of people don't know this. You can go back and you can check in the scripture. I can't remember the, the, the actual um, uh, scripture reference now. But it speaks about where after the tent of meeting, you know they would go to the tent of meeting and God's presence would come, on, come onto their tent. And they, Moses would do what, ha what had to be done. And everyone would depart from the tent and they would turn back and they would see who? Joshua, young boy. 
He would lay face down in the tent for hours and hours and hours after everybody had done what they had, had to do. Exodus 33. Eh? Exodus 33. What chapter? 11. I mean, uh, verse? 11. 11. You can put it up. Yo, I, I chewed on this scripture for years. Eh? Mm. It, it always just jumped my fence with that the Bible says that, and Moses spoke to God face to face as friends do. That blew my mind. I was like, wait a minute. That's Think about it. Tent of meeting. Meeting place, guys. <laughs> and after everybody would go home, Joshua would lay and wait and wait and wait and wait on the presence and soak up the presence and feel the heart of God and be transformed by the heart of God. And guess what? He was the one who could take them into the promised land. He didn't know that he was the one that was going to take them. But he was the one at, at that time who made the decision, I want you more than anything else as a young man. And he became one of the greatest leaders in the history of the Jewish nation. Yeah, for sure. Why? Not because of his knowledge. Because he knew God in his heart. Mm. There was an exchange. Amen. Look at Peter and John. Peter tried everything to impress God. John would just lay with his head on Christ's chest. And what would happen? Peter would do, do, do. He was the first one to jump out of the boat, the first one to cut off the centurion's ears. I will do this. Lord, you won't go to the cross. I'm here, Lord. That's Peter. Yeah? John was... You know what I'm saying? John knew that that's where he had to be. Because he knew that his heart had to connect to the heart of God in such a way that no matter what comes, he knows who's with him. Are you with me? He knows. He doesn't have to quickly go look for a scripture reference and then confess it. He knows the heart of God. And who was the only one that would serve Jesus right up until the time of the cross? Where Jesus could look down from the cross and say, John, this is your mother, my mother, take care of her. Our strength, our power, our vision, our wisdom, our longevity, everything you're looking for comes from being in his presence and knowing his heart, exchanging heart with, hearts with him. Amen? Close your eyes, let's just... Pray for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. It wasn't what we planned to do today, but God is having pillar talk with you, family. He's having pillar talk with us, and he's going, I've got so much stuff I want to share with you. I've got so much stuff I want to, I want to do through you. But I need you to understand that I I need your heart to be open. I need you to be seeking me and my ways and what I value so that I can do it through you. And in the process, I promise you, you'll become a leader like Joshua. You'll become a, a lover like John. You'll become the greatest father you could ever have been for your family. You could become the greatest mother husband or wife I'm the one that makes that happen not you 
He will be the wisest businessman that ever lived. You can have all the success that you need out there, but I'm the one that must make it happen in you. Come on, just for the next, we've got how many minutes here? Let's see. We don't have any, but take three minutes to connect with him right now. Realign your heart. Realign your desires. Devote yourself to him, not to what he can give you, but to who he is. Make a decision this, this morning. Say, Father, from today, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry I've been so selfish. I'm so sorry I've become hard in my heart, running after all this stuff and just coming to you for things that I need. I want to know you again. I want to get back on, back into that, that loving, beautiful relationship where I can be me and you can be you in front of me. I love you, Father. I rededicate my heart to you. I redevote myself to you. You are the one that I want. You are the one that I live for. With my whole heart. to be a romantic with Jesus again, man. Be a romantic with the Father again. Come on. What do you got to lose? What have you got to lose? You got nothing to lose. Some you bring him flowers. you ask him what's his favorite chocolate just open yourself up to him like that and watch what happens watch how he'll transform you through his unconditional love thank you so much Jesus love you so much we love you Father never be the same again. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's give him a big round of applause.